From a sepia-toned indoor soundstage that's supposed to look like Kansas, it's the IGN DigiGuys. So please welcome two men who know how to follow a yellow brick road, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Oh, what movies we have today. We got KidVid. We're going to return to some KidVid so that I can uh, talk about what my daughter will and will not be seeing. And we got a Vox box, and uh, we got movies that I wish I could speak more of, uh, but I can't, or else I'll be served with papers. Um, it's going to be a very interesting show. But, Mark, most importantly, what's going on in your life? What? I don't know. You, you, I don't know. I, I, you were I'm setting me small, up for a... Uh, I'm making small talk. I guess. I was not prepared for anything hilarious. Well, Look at that pile. I know. Look at, the, look at that pile. Oh, this? No, the other one. This one. Is that all for this week? This? No, well, the tall one. Is this that, one. No, the tall one with the kid stuff. That's the kid stuff, That's yeah. all for this week. That's for this week. Well, I'm, I'm blow through that. Yeah, you blow through it now. Blow through it now? I'm gonna, I'll, I'll surf the web a little bit, and then okay. you blow through that. Okay. Uh, as, as a new father with a uh, nearly five-month-old daughter, I'm finding myself strangely both uh, attracted to and totally put off by a lot of this kid vid. Um, some of it, some of it, I find uh, charming in ways that I never used to, and other stuff I just find absolutely terrifying and creepy. So uh, I got a couple of things here from the Baby First line, and if you're not familiar with the Baby First line, you probably don't have children. This is from Mill Creek, and uh, these are two boxed sets. One is Playtime and Lullabies, and the other one is Imagination Station. And uh, they, they each have, respectively, eight hours and seven hours of material for uh, kids that are anywhere from, you know, three months to four years. In the, in the case of Imagination Station, it's six months to four years. I don't really see anything in Imagination Station that uh, you couldn't show to a three-month-old. They just probably wouldn't be cognitively able to, uh, to handle it. Uh, you, know, you know what? It's, uh, I, I really have mixed feelings about all of this kind of uh, using DVDs to sort of stimulate the a kid's attention. Uh, very mixed feelings. I mean, I understand the educational value of this. You get stuff here like Shusha by Baby, uh, Bedtime Stories and Songs, Sweet Dreams, Calming Music and Imagery, Art and Music, Sensory Wonderland, Color Crew, all about colors. You got an educational adventure, uh, Numbers Around the Globe, which is a counting thing, a thing on, uh, uh, you know, uh, this thing called Harry the Bunny, come along and play. I mean, it's all very learning intensive, and I understand that it's it's meant to sort of simulate cognitive development. At the same time, I do know that my daughter responds better when uh, she's just playing with us. And when we turn the TV on, even if it's just like CNN or something, her eyes drift over to it like the world doesn't exist. It's like it's hypnotized her. That can't be a good thing. No. That's why we keep the, keep the TV off most of the time. You know, it's funny. when At the office... We have you know bank of elevators like any office building, and we have in our in our elevators these little monitors, and it's called Captivate is the name of the company. Mm. And when you go into the elevator, you see the little whatever seven inch screen, yep. and it shows you know fast moving you know weather and some news headlines and uh, you know box office results right. and ads and whatnot. And I will see people get into the elevator, and they will step into the elevator, they will turn 180 degrees. And just get their nose right up towards that monitor. Yep. Right up towards the little TV yep. screen that shows all the elevator weather and sport headlines and whatnot. And you're like, can you not go five seconds in an elevator ride without staring at the big bright uh, it, TV? It's, it's, Aren't yeah, you a grown person? Creepy. Just ride the elevator. 
I know. I hear you. Um, for for a little older kid, she wouldn't be watching this for a while. This is for ages two and up. A couple of uh, ten-episode discs each of the public television series uh, Wild Animal Baby Explorers. Now, I say that again. Wild Animal Baby Explorers. And uh, one of these is Let's Explore. The other one is Learn and See. Um, again, you know, 20 episodes here, about six hours worth of uh, very educational bad animation of, uh, you know, cute little animals that are just going all around the world and learning things and they convey it to kids. I get it. It's a little insufferable for an adult to watch. Uh, but, you know, I guess for ages two and up, if you want them to sort of learn things about animals and you know places and things and nature it's it, it serves its purpose stupid it's probably, nature probably easy way of getting into them although i gotta tell you i really really wish they had thought through some of these characters a little bit better uh izzy the owl i'm okay with uh sally the salamander barely okay with uh benita the beaver i'm not okay with <laughs> really not okay with benita the beaver oh but on spring break benita the beaver <laughs> Wow. She's on it. <laughs> oh, man. We're working blue. Uh, I never knew that there was actually an animated Jungle Book, the series. I had no idea, but apparently there was. Uh, the Jungle Book, the Disney film? Sure. This is the complete collection, the Jungle Book, the Adventures of Mowgli. And this is out from Shout Factory. And uh, I, I, I guess it's okay. There's 52 episodes, and it's not anything like the, uh, the Disney movie, but it's... Uh, I guess it's got a certain kind of strange, limited charm to it. So I would, I would certainly allow my daughter to to watch that. It would be inoffensive. I might even pop in uh, once in a while. Uh, my Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Princess Twilight Sparkle. I, I just want to just murder someone after watching these things. They are just so with little the ponies and the unicorns and the cuteness and the sprinkles oh, and the, come it's on. Just, I watch this and I actually I, I want to just get, cut someone's head off and just commit brutal barbaric murder. It it just it, you you just feel a backlash. You can't help it. Uh, but if there were such a place as Ponyville, I'd want to live there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'd probably be their their first serial killer. Christian Cowboy uh, double feature from uh, Ken Anderson. This is a, um, a VCI release. They release all of these Christian Cowboy things. These are uh, a little bit anachronistic now. They're they're. I can't imagine uh, the the whole kind of strangely moralistic intent of it so on the nose being uh, that enjoyable to anybody now. These are from the late '80s. But uh, Tale of the Comet and Secrets of Sinbad are the. Uh, the two very, very strange installments. I'm sure they uh, have some kind of an appeal for somebody. Um, the Annoying Orange, Volume 2, Get Juiced. Yep, yep. The Annoying Orange, the high fructose adventures of the Annoying Orange is absolutely every bit of that. It is high fructose and unbelievably annoying. And uh, uh, I, 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 it's really strange. They just shouldn't be doing that. That whole lip thing that they do with the, with the faces and the mouth and the things on fruit, it's not right. It's very wrong. Uh, Barney is still deeply disturbing. Dance with Barney is enough to to really just uh, put you in a padded cell. I got to tell you, it really is. It, it, this is supposedly supposed to enable children to somehow get over their inhibitions to, about dancing, and they're supposed to dance. And uh, I, I don't I don't know if if my daughter actually started doing some of the moves that they do in this thing, I'd take her to uh, I'd, I'd take her to the doctor. It wouldn't be right. Uh, the the creepiest thing here is the sticker that comes on the packaging, which says, uh, "Get this." It's it, there's a there's a website sharebarneyhugs.com, 
and they they actually have a little seal. This is celebrating over 25 years with 25 million hugs. Oh, hugs. Okay, if this this dude in the purple suit has been hugging 25 million kids. Creepy. Creepy. Should not be happening. Just should not be happening. Ever, under any circumstances whatsoever. PBK, PBS Kids is great. Uh, Word Girl is uh, is a terrific character, and the animation is fun. It's very old school. I uh, I actually kind of enjoy this, and it's uh, educational without being cloying or condescending, and adults can get a, a kick out of this as well. And uh, in this case, it is Word Girl versus the Energy Monster. I totally enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun. And then also on the educational front, uh, which I approve of, is from Scholastic Storybook Treasures. They are totally hip. Love the Scholastic people. They always do good stuff. Bink and Golly and more stories about friendship. This includes four different stories, uh, including the uh, titular Bink and Golly, which is uh, really, really nicely illustrated by Tony Fusil. And uh, it's a good story. It's well animated. It's really nice. Uh, A Sick Day for Amos McGee, The Other Side, and Cat and Canary are the other ones. Um, really good, good artwork, good writing, good narration. Uh, it's terrific. It's like watching uh, picture books on DVD. It's terrific. And this series has always been good, always reliable. Love it. Uh, Mark, I still don't get Adventure Time. Freaks me out. Totally freaks me out. I know what you mean, Wade. It's, it's, it's not my it, favorite either. It's creepy. Then again, I've never seen it, this nor do is, I have kids, nor have I ever heard of it. This is the complete first season and the complete second season, both on Blu-ray. I know a lot of people that are like, yeah. It's on Blu-ray, and it's got ultraviolet, so now you can throw it onto the iPad and creep your kids out at any time, anywhere. 26 episodes apiece for a total of 52 episodes in the first two seasons. Uh, it's just very, you know, I, I, I get it. I've, I've tried to give this show a second chance. We had a lot of people email us, say, Wade, you got to give it a second chance. It's a cool show. Uh, you know, I've listened to some of the commentaries, and I've tried to watch some of the extras, you know, the featurettes and the animatics and the stuff that sort of tells you why this is so wonderful and how much work goes into it. And I, it's still, it's the animation, man. It just, it just really, really doesn't sit well with me. I, I have nightmares at night, but uh, does anyone ever have nightmares during the day? Is there such a thing as daymares? Uh, yes, they're called horses. I really set you up for that one. Uh, from Nickelodeon. We've got three from Nickelodeon here. Pretty standard Nickelodeon stuff. I'm trying to warm to it because I'm sure that my daughter, like those of our friend Andrew, his two daughters will probably wind up loving Dora. You know, Andrew's daughters, just they can't get enough Dora. You Dora. realize that? No, I did not know that. Did not know, oh, my gosh. It's just it's, it's endless, the, the Dora fixation. Uh, and they're English. You know, you'd think it'd be all, all Teletubbies and whatnot. Uh, Once Upon a Rhyme is uh, two hours of Nickelodeon stuff, which includes Bubble Guppies, Team Umazumi, Fresh Beat Band, Dora the Explorer, Wonder Pets, and Blue's Room. These are kind of nice little discs because they just give kids, you know, it's like if you don't want them just watching straight TV with commercials, you can throw this on. It gives them a variety of junk to keep them occupied. That's how cynical I'm getting. Uh, and specifically, Team Umazumi, Animal Heroes is a disc that has four different episodes from this uh, strange little, strangely animated show. I uh, can't exactly say that I really uh, I get Team Umazumi, but I do find it inoffensive, so, uh, you know, I'll probably let my daughter watch that. And then lastly, the Bubble Guppies thing, which is, you know, why is, why is it considered cute to have a gigantic head? That goes with the Powerpuff Girls, too. This is a thing. You have the, the bubble guppies have these, uh, you know, they're like mermaids, right? They're little mer kids. But they have these gigantic heads. And uh, sunny days. Yay, sunny days. Bubble guppies having fun on sunny days. 
And you got six episodes of that here. But, uh, you know, they're, I mean, they're cute. It's also inoffensive, like Team Umazumi, but the big head's kind of creeping me out. Well, because kids respond to other kids on TV with big bright eyes and big smiles, and that's what kids like to see. I guess. I suppose. I was a strange kid. I saw Patton. That was my first movie. Uh, Littlest Pet Shop, Sweetest Pets. This is from the Hub Network. And again, big heads. What am I telling you? What am I telling you? Well, big no, heads. not just big heads, big eyes. Look at the big eyes. Oh, that's Mom, an an what that's, big eyes you have. That's an anime thing. Big eyes. My daughter's got big eyes. They're, they're adorable. I uh, got a few episodes here, and uh, this is, this is you know, if you're not familiar with this show, um, this is a girl with a pet shop. And uh, it, she, she's like kind of like she talks to pets. It's a, it's a little bit creepy, a little bit weird. Based on a toy, a Hasbro toy, I am told. I don't know anything about Hasbro toys, but uh, it comes with a coloring sheet, and it's you know designed to basically keep kids out of your hair for a few hours for people who get sick of their kids. And then uh, a Blu-ray DVD voodoo digital copy combo set, which is only available at Walmart, by the way. Save money, live better. Um, Are you kidding me? Did you just say that? <laughs> that's, what, that's what it said. Pay money, live better. Unless so, you work there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a Delhi Safari. Not Delhi Safari as in, holy cow, I'm at Cantor's. How am I going to make my way all oh, the way through Cantor's. to get a nosh in the back? Nosh. That would See, that's an L.A. Deli Safari. It's like I, I, you walk through the front door and you think, oh, my gosh. I've got to get to the back to somehow get a nosh. No, 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 and, no. You have to go to the left or the bakery to get a chocolate racetrack. A slice of chocolate racetrack. There you go. Anyway, no, no, that's not what this is. This is Delhi, as in uh, New Delhi, D-E-L-H-I, Delhi Safari. It's a little cute little animated thing. Uh, that's uh, yet another one of these animated shows that's taking off on uh, the whole Madagascar thing. This is a lot more realistic and cute and kind of Lion Kingy in some in some sense. Um, you know, you, you, but you got all the cute animals, and I, I guess it's okay. I'm always afraid that people are going to make these things so much with these cute animals that kids will go to the zoo and, and try to pet the cheetah, and that's just not, not a good thing. I, I, I personally, having no kids, would laugh. I'm sure you would. I would laugh at their misfortune. And, uh, oh, I dropped it. Uh, oh. Back is killing me. Diaper changes have truly given me all kinds of chiropractic issues. I got to tell you, you're just constantly bending. I was like, "Holy cow! How many times can you pee in ten minutes?" I'm telling you. Well, I mean, that, I mean, the food doesn't have long to travel before it comes out the other end. It's just yeah, a baby. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, but you know what? She'll pee like 550 times in 24 hours, and then she won't poo. And you and you're waiting for the poop, and then the poop comes. It's like, gee whiz, really? Seriously, that much? You should take your daughter for a walk like the, like like a dog yeah you put her on a leash you make her crawl on the ground on the street <laughs> and everyone while she poops and you take out the bag and you pick it up and then she pees you leave that alone yeah. and then you take it back upstairs you should treat your daughter walk her like a dog okay and then she'll grow up to be, to be uh, maggie gyllenhaal in uh, secretary there you go uh ben 10 destroy all aliens this is a cartoon network show i never really got the ben 10 thing but it's uh you know it's ben it's the ben 10 and then in short order, uh, The Magic School Bus, all about Earth, is a Scholastic, uh, another one from Scholastic, which has three different shows that tell you all about important Earth-related things, seeds of volcanoes and air pressure, put them all together, and you've got uh, World War Three. And uh, Fraggle Rock Meet the Fraggles is 
you know, it's cool, man. Anything Hanson related, I'm into. This is uh, six episodes from uh, the Fraggle Rock uh, series, which I always thought was kind of like, you know, the uh, the bastard stepchild of Sesame Street and uh, and uh, the Muppets, but it's fine. Koala Kid is a uh, rather strange, poorly animated Australian uh, thing that uh, shows you why some people just should not be allowed near the tools to do 3D animation because then they'll, now everyone can do it and people who, who can't draw suddenly now can do really crappy animation and get it released on DVD and it's just not that great. But it is out there from 20th Century Fox and if you like uh, animated animals with Australian accents I guess you'll get a kick out of it. Elmo the Musical is a, uh, is a little bit creepy in light of, of what has happened with the voice of Elmo. Um, but, uh, you know, anything with Sesame Street on it is bound to get some kind of uh, traction with kids. Transformers Rescue Bots Energize. Uh, I'm so tired of Transformers in any way, shape, or form. I just can't get behind it. This is from Shout Kids. I'm sure, uh, you know, the five episodes that are included here will go over well with somebody, but it's not it's not Michael Bay's Transformers, and thank goodness for that. Um, Dora Rocks is a slightly less engaging uh, collection of, uh, of Dora stuff. It, 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 somehow Dora trying to be a rock star and uh, these sing-alongs it feels a little bit creepy. It feels almost creepier than Barney dancing, but that's it for the kid vids. So uh, there's a few things in there I'd let my daughter watch. Sure. A few things. Not, not you know, heaps and giant bunches, but uh, a few things here and there. So, you know, Good job, Wade. Thank you, thank you. Let's talk about new movies, Mark. Let's talk Let's about, talk about new terrible movies. new movies. Is there anything terrible this week that people should stay away from? <laughs> you know, I had um, I had a, a, an inkling, a feeling that possibly, maybe, the incredible Burt Wonderstone would be okay. I don't know what made me think that. I thought, you know, it'll be like this little comic cult gem thing that comes out of nowhere and. It's uh, people seem to, you know, you what? are getting old. <laughs> I was totally, totally wrong. <laughs> this movie's terrible. And uh, although it does have Olivia Wilde, who is, of course, unbelievably delicious. delicious yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a story of a, uh, of a uh, Vegas illusionist played by um, Steve Carell and his uh, partner played by the hilarious bewigged Steve Buscemi and how they're being pushed out of the, um, Magic Biz by a, what's his name, Chris Angel type uh, street magician played by Jim Carrey. And uh, so, you know, look, two, three funny people. No reason why this scene can't work unless your script sucks. It's a pretty much of a standard, you know, riches to rags to riches against story. And I just think that uh, Carrey was pretty good. He was kind of out there. His character was way out there, which I kind of liked. Um, but otherwise, this is very forgettable stuff. Um, Character-wise, it's all a bit silly, but not really all that funny. And the, the jokes aren't that great. And I just, I just think this is sort of subpar material. And I think, th- think that uh, it's a bit of a wasted opportunity. Alan Arkin is in it as an old-time magician who is uh, Steve Carell's mentor. And uh, he's terrific because he's Alan Arkin, and why not? So, look, it's a sweet film. It doesn't mean ill, but I just think that uh, ultimately it's just mediocre. Oh, well. Oh, well. What are you going to do? They can't all be gems. You know, a uh, first-time filmmaker named Patrick Wang made a little movie called In the Family, which got uh, an IFP nomination for uh, Best First Film, and quite deservedly. Did you you by any chance see this, Patrick Uh, Wang's uh, first film, In the Family? I did not. Sharp little movie. Takes place in uh, Tennessee, and... um, 
it's it's I I don't want to compare it to uh, Kramer versus Kramer because it's it's much more complicated than Kramer versus Kramer, but it's about a kid who uh, has grown up with two dads, one of whom dies in an accident, and uh, thereafter the you know the the you sort of have to the family has to undergo certain changes, and uh, it everything kind of unravels, and uh, you do get into into a, a much more an interesting legal place where Kramer versus Kramer was a movie, you know, for its time, 1979. This is very much a movie for now. And it's, uh, it's really well written. Uh, direction, you know, it could be a little tighter. It could be, it, it's a, it feels a little bit, not quite as short, but I'll tell you that it's as a script and certainly his directing of the actors, even if visually he doesn't quite have a, have a handle on things. It's pretty awesome. That being said, warning, it's, uh, it's long. It's nearly three hours long, and uh, which made it uh, unreleasable, basically, as in in theater, in theatrical release. But still, it's worth checking out. It is. Uh, this is a very assured filmmaker who's only going to continue to make better stuff, and uh, it's worth checking out. It really, is worth checking out. Uh, there's some video essays on here, behind the scenes video, and um, uh, theatrical trailer, and it's uh, worth checking out. All uh, it's not all in the fa- in the family by Patrick Wang. Uh, the Call with Halle Berry. The Call is one of these films, kind of like um, you know, phone booth or cellular, where it's got a real high concept premise, and you know, it barely ekes it out for ninety minutes. And uh, you know, either you're engaged or you're not. And this one, uh, Berry plays a nine one one call from a teenager who's just been abducted, and uh, the abductor has something to do with Halle Berry's life. Obviously, I won't give it away. So. You know, it's uh, it's okay. It's a bit crude, and it's uh, kind of stupid, and it's very kind of B movie ish. Um, but it's and it's predictable. But it does kind of have you know, it has like Thursday, Wednesday. I, I would call it a Wednesday night rental. It's not good a enough. Wednesday your, night rental. It's not good enough for your Saturday. It's not good enough to buy Wednesday night. Not good enough to buy midweek rental. Yes, not good enough to buy. Okay. Not good enough to rent on a Friday or Saturday night because that's a waste of Friday or Saturday night. But if it's a Wednesday night, you can rent this and it's okay. All right. It's uh, anyway. It's very high concept. It's got a, it's got a lot of energy, but it's kind of like kind of like that you know low budget shaky cam energy that is kind of annoying. Um, so I, this is not going to be great stuff. Will not be memorable at all. But it is Halle Berry, and uh, she's gorgeous even in the ripe old age of forty, whatever she is. And uh, there you go. I'm I'm kind of a fan of a Brad Anderson as a director. I think Brad Anderson has done some interesting uh, he has. Uh, stuff. He has. He has. I I, re- I really like Trans Siberian, which was kind of like the last really good thing he did. But he also he also did The Machinist, with uh, you know that's the Best, one where, uh, where, uh, where Christian Bale went, lost, lost a million. All the they almost put his kidneys into failure. That's because right. He was freaked out. So I don't know why Brad Anderson is doing this film. But Brad, he, Brad, Brad Anderson also did the, uh, the freak, oh, why am I forgetting the title of it? It was one of my favorite Sundancing movies. I love it. Oh, like the, Next Stop Wonderland? Next Stop Wonderland. I love that movie. Yeah. So it's Brad Anderson is a good director. This is totally, this is like mail, mail it and stuff for him. I don't know why he's doing You know, in, uh, under other circumstances in another era, a movie like The Rambler starring Dermot Mulroney, which I have on Blu-ray here, would have been a total cult sensation. It would have had a good long run in uh, as, an indie, as an indie in theaters. And now it doesn't even get into theaters. It's just a, a weird little quirky movie that goes out straight to DVD uh, and Blu-ray from Anchor Bay. Um, this is just a bizarre movie, totally Lynchian, completely off the wall. And you, I've been rebelling against these movies lately. Like, you know, last week I, I raged 
against one of them. But this actually kind of works. Um, it's a road trip, straight up road trip, but it's done in a really weird, funky fashion. Dermot Mulroney, he's an ex-con, and he's he's moving across country to uh, find his long lost brother who runs a ranch. And along the way, it is just weirdness. It is just crazy, freaky middle american off the rail weirdness and uh it, it's kind of but there's something kind of endearing about it this apparently was a big deal at sundance but not enough of a big deal for somebody to go oh yeah we can market that i, I think they can but i think weird has suddenly become uh, you know like poison to people it's just uh it's too bad anyway looks good on blu-ray definitely worth checking out if you like weird crazy funky american indies for sure and uh, then we got a thing called Dead Souls. Uh, any movie that's called Dead Souls, you know what I'm talking about. It's a musical and it's a family film, like they all are. Uh, actually, this is a uh, this is based on a novel by um, Michael Lamo, which I think Michael is a Lamo terribly unfortunate name. Michael Lamo. Michael Lamo. L a i m o. I'm dude. You know, you're Lamo, dude. You're such Lamo. Sorry. You done? No. Okay. I'm not. Anyway, uh, here's a problem that I kind of have, and I, I, you know, if you want to email us, email us at gods at digigods.com. Tell me if I'm off off base on this. Uh, gods at digigods.com. I I am finding that horror films are all kind of starting to become strangely interchangeable, and they're all suddenly most of them are very competently made they all have you know some good chills in them and also but they all feel like they've I been I bumped the mic thank you they all feel like they've been uh kind of culled together from pieces of japanese horror films like japanese horror it was the last time the the genre really felt reinvented with the ring and the grudge and all that stuff anyway in this case you know you got this kid he he turns 18 he inherits a farm finds that he was adopted and next thing you know, you find out that the farm has this, like, history and gruesome things happened, as they always have. And anytime you go someplace where something gruesome has happened, everything just comes bubbling to the surface all over again. Um, you know, it, it's it, this is kind of the—I mean, I've seen three or four films lately, two of which I can't talk about at all, that really do the exact same thing. And they all do it really well. But they're all telling the exact same story, and it just feels it's all it feels very ringu. It feels very just pieced together from all that old J horror stuff. And I'm kind of getting tired of it, even though they they're all very effective. Yeah, they're scary. Yeah, they, people get creepy and weird, and the makeup's great, and it's shot well, and it's cut well. But it's it's the same thing over and over and over and over. Stop it! Give me something fresh. Somebody figure out if you're gonna keep making horror movies, do something a little bit different. Even Saw, for crying out loud, it was different when it came out. And then, you know, 27 sequels later, it's a little tired now. So move on. Do something else. Know what I'm saying? Okay, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Oh, please, no. I don't know what, what, made, what, what des- made me think of that. Desolation of Smog. I mean, come on. <laughs> Stop. It just looks terrible. It's uh, the worst. All right. Uh, speaking of the worst, uh, we have Nicholas Winding Refn, who, as you know, Wade and I have a, a huge uh, uh, professional man crush on. We do. And uh, there is the, the film that brought him to the attention of many is the Pusher Trilogy, which as a trilogy is a series of three movies, Wade. That's what a trilogy is. Yep, sure There's is. three of them. Yes. And they're all terrific, even though, uh, as, I, as I remember it, uh, uh, Refn did the last one. 
or even the second one too because I think he just needed the money. He hadn't gotten a job since the original pusher. And he did two and three because he just needed yeah. a gig. Yeah. And it wound up being uh, great. great. Wound up being great. There is a, a UK-based uh, uh, adaptation of Pusher, which Refn is a producer of, but he does not direct. And what can I say? This is um, directed by a guy named uh, Luis Prieto, and it does contain a cast member or, or two of the original uh, Pusher from uh, Refn, but mm-hmm. I don't really know what to say. It's like... <clears throat> just rent the original. I mean, the original's so good. I know. Why would you? Why would you even make this? What's I don't the know. point? You know, I mean, maybe if he gave it to some like real Boat super payment. badass director who can bring something to it. Yep. It's like you know, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna remake Old Boy, why? But you give it to Spike Lee. Now I'm intrigued. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. here if you're gonna remake Pusher, sure. Why do that? If you're gonna give it to Luis Prieto, still not interested. So I don't get it, but it's on Blu-ray if you want it. And that's the original, by the way. The other two are hopefully will never happen because this thing will bomb. Very strange animated film here called The Amazing Adventures of the Living Corpse. Uh, tagline, kicking ass and eating brains. Uh, this is an odd movie. It's on Blu-ray from Anchor Bay. And uh, it's, 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 it's not that well animated, i got to say. Uh, the 3D animation is, is kind of uh, rudimentary. Uh, at least in terms of the the motion and the fluidity of the motion, but uh, and the artwork, it's just, it's not that great. But uh, Shoreline Entertainment uh, and Dynamic Forces did this along with Rapscallion Animation Creation. I, you know, the only one of those I know is Shoreline. Don't know the other companies, but uh, it's about a con, a, 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 you know, a zombie with a conscience. And uh, who's trying to do a good thing and fighting his way through hell uh, to save his family. It's kind of just a very odd movie based on a graphic novel that I have a suspicion was probably better as a graphic novel. And then uh, two more films uh, of the new stuff. Uh, the last English language film. And then I got one uh, foreign language film. English language film is called Venus and Vegas, which they say was made in 2010. No, 2000, yes, 2010 is the copyright. I actually know this movie was not made in 2010. It's probably closer to 2008, although reshoots may have gone into 2010. Uh, this stars uh, Eddie Kay Thomas from the, um, the, the American Pie films, Donald Faison, of course, from uh, Scrubs, and Jamie Presley from A Million Crazy Things, and I, I, I unfortunately know... Oh, and Florence Anderson shows up in this thing, too. I unfortunately know far too much about this movie, and uh, that I, I'm unable to say. I will say it's directed by Demian Lichtenstein, who's one of the worst directors in the history of Hollywood. Absolutely dreadful. You know what? You know what movie Damien Lichtenstein directed? Star Wars. Uh, no, he directed that that thing with uh, Kevin Costner where they're all uh, Elvises and they rob the bank in oh, Vegas. Oh yeah, that was a while ago. That was oh like 10 my, years ago. yeah, that was like the last thing he directed. Dreadful, dreadful, horrible movie. Um, you know what? This the whole thing here is about robbing a warehouse uh, that that's stocked with casino chips, and I know it sounds kind of high concept. And you say, no, it, it's not 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 a, not a good movie on any conceivable level. And uh, I'd be surprised if they got a whole lot of money for this uh, DVD deal. I really would. Gosh, I wish I told you all the stories about this film. Everything that I know, everything that I know before the show, didn't I? Well, I'm not sure if you told me everything. I didn't tell you everything. I told but you it was actually intriguing. What you told me was intriguing. It piqued <laughs> my interest. I, and unfortunately, I can't say a word of it on the show, or I might get sued. Well, let's just say it's all oh. negative. It's all negative. Anyway, 
someday, someday I'll be able to truly come clean on what I know. In your autobiography. Oh, it'll have to be. It'll have to be one of those autobiography things. Gosh, I just hate knowing things that I can't divulge. Um, and then lastly, on Blu-ray, is a movie that just, I, I, you know, Mark, did you see No? Did you watch that when we had our whole little awards thing? Uh, no. Yeah. No was uh, stars Gail Garcia Bernal. It's a um, Chilean movie that was on, nominated in the foreign language category at the last Oscars. And the whole movie is about a marketing campaign. It's about the when, uh, in 1988, when uh, the dictator Augusto Pinochet finally decided to... Uh, kind of to have a public relations referendum on the regime and the whole country voted they went to the polls to vote either yes or no in other words yes we want to keep the dictator or no please go away so we can actually elect a, a proper government and uh the history of this is intriguing but i gotta tell you the movie is not so intriguing i don't know why this thing got so so acclaimed if it didn't have gail garcia bernal in it i'm not sure it'd be worth watching at all for any reason whatsoever uh, our good buddy Kenny Turan, a uh, Lafka colleague, is quoted in the cover as saying, uh, irresistible, smart, involving, and provocative. I got to talk to Kenny about that because this movie bored me stiff, bored me solid. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, Bernal is wonderful, but it's basically a bunch of people talking, sitting around saying, no, I think that commercial is good. No, you can't do that commercial. It won't play well with the kids. You got to put this in the commercial. No, no. It's like you're sitting in on, on advertising meetings. It's madness. I don't get it. I don't get it, Mark. All right, Mark, you know what it's time for. Well, do I get to sing the song? Sing the song. Because I haven't really said much this, uh, this episode. I know. This installment, this Go version. Fire away. Good day, gentlemen. Mario Mendez here from Glendale. Calling you uh, on an advance of a release. Uh, Safety Last is coming out in, uh, I think, June from Criterion. And I'm just curious, there's obviously going to be the Blu-ray version and the DVD version. Both have been uh, restored for a 1920s movie. Yes, Mario, thank you. And, uh, of course, we uh, that was sent to us a, a few weeks ago, and we did finally cover it last week, which you got a chance to see, Safety Last. It's fantastic. Which, gotta buy it. And which I have since had a chance to watch as well. And I, I, uh, I uh, yeah, absolutely. The Blu-ray is way superior to the DVD. And, uh, again, the whole issue, it's not that, it, you know, it's made in the 1920s versus now. It it was a thirty five millimeter film. I mean, it was shot on thirty five millimeter. It's it is uh, it has detail that absolutely comes out on the Blu ray that you don't get on the DVD, and it is it it gives you a much more cinematic experience. You actually the and the other thing is a lot of those older movies are be, are significant. The difference between them on DVD and Blu ray is more significant than more modern movies because the takes are longer and they shoot wider, and there are more details in the frame. They were designed for people to sit in a giant movie palace and watch and sort of soak in all of these details that are going on in the frame. So it doesn't bombard you with information and kind of come, you know, just hit you in the face with it. It expects you to sort of pay attention to what's in the frame to a much greater degree. So absolutely, I think uh, when it comes to Chaplin and Keaton and Lloyd and uh, Fatty Arbuckle and all of the silent comics, I think you're actually getting a lot more on Blu-ray than you are on, uh, on DVD. So to this, I would say the answer is absolutely even more so than uh, more recent films and modern films. I could not agree more with yeah. Wade Xavier Major. Yes, I am Dr. X. 
Uh, all right, Mark. It's uh, it's time for music. I love what music. Do you, what do you ha- what do you have for us? The Beach Boys, Good Vibration Tour. I saw the Beach Boys last year at the uh, at the Jazz Fest in New Orleans, and I was very disappointed. They had carted out, they had carted out uh, the entire group for their 50th anniversary tour, and uh, including Brian Wilson, who I have a theory, and this theory was. Um, corroborated by someone I know who is friends with someone who was on a previous tour. Brian Wilson was not actually playing the piano, nor was he actually singing. Was he even there? He was there. Oh, okay. Uh, but he is so avid at this point that they just they just gurneyed him into his... They just latched him into his piano and said, here, buddy, pretend you're playing. And, uh, and he wasn't singing. The backup singers were singing, and they made it seem like it was Brian Wilson. Anyway, uh, there you go. So this is... Um, but this is a while ago. This is the band... On the Good Vibrations tour. Now, the Good Vibrations tour was, of course, you know, the big deal tour, 1976. We're talking, and it's fun, fun, fun. All the all all the hits, fun, fun, fun. True to your school, uh, rock and roll music. Wouldn't it be nice? Help me, Rhonda. I mean, just I mean, the, the thing with the Beach Boys is that their music was uh, surprisingly sophisticated, considering it just sounds like a bunch of just crazy, silly, simple surf music. Totally not true. Brian Wilson was a genius, and this uh, DVD, The Beach Boys Good Vibrations Tour, is absolutely fantastic. So if you like The Beach Boys, got to get that. Blu-ray, I was a big fan of the Doobie Brothers when I was growing up. I had the Doobie Brothers album, uh, The Greatest Hits of the Doobie Brothers, and played it into the ground. Here is the Doobie Brothers live at Wolf Trap. I think I just hit the mic. Uh, this is It's from- okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, this is from 2004. This is well after their heyday, but still a lot of great songs on this thing. Rocking Down the Highway, Jesus is Just All Right, um, Long Train Running, Blackwater. I just really liked all these songs. Um, good stuff from the Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers Live at a Wolf Trap. Again, it's 2004, so it's a little slightly kind of sort of pre-Super HD incredibleness, mm-hmm. uh, but it still looks pretty good. Cool. Now, um, I have to tell you, this is actually a big deal, and believe it or not. In fact, um, I think I might even uh, steal this from you, Wade. This is Paul McCartney and Wings. Now, Paul McCartney and Wings rock show, this is a concert film, and when Paul McCartney left the Beatles, he or when the Beatles broke up in 1970, he formed another group, which is about as far from the Beatles as you can get, called Wings, and I liked Wings, even though they They did a James Bond song. They did one of the best James Bond songs, Live and Let yep. Die. It's a great song. Um, but they were a little, I think people felt they were a little bit poppy, a little bit treacly, not that into them. I liked them. I thought they were good. But, um, in 1976, Wings went on a world tour and, uh, their album Wings Over America was a huge, huge, it went like triple platinum or something. It was a huge hit Wings Over America. And, um, in Seattle, Washington, at the kingdom, they got 67,000 fans to hear, uh, them in concert and the result is Rock Show which is now on Blu-ray so there's a lot of great wing songs here he also did a lot of great Beatles songs he did Long and Winding Road he plays in this concert show he did uh, Lady Madonna and it's it's good stuff but um, if you like wings which I do I do admit it you should definitely check out Paul McCartney and Wings in Rock Show in fact Wade I think I'm going to take this because this is on Blu-ray Rock on! I want to take this. Yeah, you're, you're, that's fine. The only the only wings uh, songs I even know is Silly "Live and Let." Song. Yeah, and "Live and Let Die." And uh, didn't they do that uh, with a, with a little luck? He can uh, pick it up in the wild. I, lose, I love that song. Yeah, with a little luck, yeah, you can make I, it work. Yeah, it's a, yeah, no, but you, no, this is more you know. You know, uh, "Band on the Run." 
Oh, I do. Yes, and on the run is good. That's, I thought that was a Beatles song. No, 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 no really, no. it's a Wings song. Yeah. How about that? Uh, silly love songs, you know. Yeah, uh, we talked about. Uh, oh, let let them in. Uh, I like let them in. Yeah, and uh, what else? Uh, and live and let die. Cool. Which is like arguably Sweet. the best James Bond song. Okay, uh, Justin Bieber uh, somehow Ooh. has gone from an adorable little kid to just the biggest little teenage prick in the world. I don't know what <laughs> happened to that guy. I mean, what the hell, man? It's he, too just, much success too quickly. It's too much success too quickly. No one around him saying, uh, stop doing that. You're a douchebag. And he just doesn't care because he's rich and he hangs out with other douchebags. And now he's become just a gigantic prick. But here we have Justin Bieber always believing an, unauthor- an unauthorized biography of him and his music. And this is just a history of Justin Bieber a little bit before he became a jerk. So, you know, there's not a lot of jerky stuff in you here. You know, if, if Anne Frank had not died um, at, at the hand of the Nazis, she would have been a believer. You know that. I just, I just, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, I just don't know where he's going to go. I mean, I, I think he's, eventually he'll just be done. I mean, who's going to? Who's going to? Oh, of course. He'll, he'll, I mean, it'll, in his it, 20s, they give a crap about look, Justin Bieber? Look, the model there is Leif Garrett. That's the model. You know, he he might wind up on a show and uh, romancing uh, Kristen McNichol, and then he'll he'll be like you know smoking crack in Skid Row when he's uh, bald and fat and forty five. That's what that's what it'll be. <laughs> uh, garbage is a band from the nineties. Love garbage did, that I did like a lot. And they also they, did a Bond font, Bond song. They did. Yes, they did. And I I was not a huge. F- I know you know what I I liked them a lot in the nineties. Then they kind of disappeared, and then they kind of started to come back. And I hit the mic again. Yeah. And uh, you heard that, didn't you? Yep. Okay, fine. Um, but I do like their stuff. I like Stupid Girl, and I like some of their older stuff. And they do play all the older stuff in Garbage, One Mile High Live. Now, Wade, if the Blu-ray is called One Mile High, what city do you think they played in? Uh, Denver. <laughs> yeah. You are so See? right. See, I'm good, right? Wow. I'm good. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, this is uh, from 2012. This is after they had just reunited after seven years. So they were promoting their album called Not Your Kind of People, which is fine, but I didn't think it was as good or as fresh as uh, their older stuff. Fresh. Be quiet. Who asked you? Anyway, uh, I do like them, though. It's good stuff. I mean, it's fine. It's good stuff. If, if you like them, go for it. Finally, from the music uh, from the music. Oh, it's off the it's off the spindle. It's off the spindle, Wade. I'm sorry. It's going to be I, ruined forever. N- not really. Wait, no. Hang on. Sorry. <laughs> Put it back on the spindle. Uh, Experience Montro. Now, uh, Wade and I have talked about the Montro Jazz Festival a lot on the show, mainly because there is a Montro Jazz Festival Blu-ray released every seven seconds. And uh, now we've got something called Experience Montro, the music, the, uh, the magic, and the majesty. This is a bit of a, you know, like a, a bit of a compilation disc. This is two discs. This is disc one is Experience Montro with a bunch of artists playing one of some of their most famous songs, including a Herbie Hancock playing Chameleon and uh, Sophie Hunger and Mumford and Sons. Ooh, Mumford and Sons. Love Mumford and Sons. Do love them. They're awesome. I do. They're great. Yep, they're cool. Disc two is Quincy Jones and the Global Gumbo Gumbo All-Stars playing a bunch of their famous songs, which, of course, includes Herbie Hancock and uh, Alfredo Rodriguez and a bunch of famous uh, Hispanic artists. And it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I, I kind of like the, um, the 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 year sets better than this greatest hits package, but Ruby. still, it's good stuff. And a few classical things to throw out there. For people who, no, 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 oh. we did that already. A few classical things to throw out there real quickly from the people at Naxos and all the labels that they represent. Uh, this is great. This is a Blu-ray from Art House Music. Uh, Scholti. 
centenary concert in honor of the uh, great conductor Sir George Schulte. The, uh, featuring the World Orchestra for Peace, conducted by Valery Gergiev. And the whole thing's hosted by Valery Schulte. And it's just a wonderful collection of music that uh, Schulte would have been absolutely proud to be a part of. Uh, includes uh, you know, some Mozart, some Strauss, some Verdi, some Mahler, Bartok, and even Stars and Stripes Forever by John Philip Sousa, which uh, is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's just good music and a good concert. Bruckner Symphony Number no. 4, also on Blu-ray from the Cleveland Orchestra, conducted by Franz Welser Most. You notice how conductors never ha- have names like... Uh, you Steve know, Jones? Yeah. Or like, you know, uh, Bud, Bud Schnooker. It's just it's, Bud you know, Schnooker. Bud Schnooker. It's just it's you know Franz Welser most. It's just these these elaborate names. It's it's um, it's like in pornography. You got to change your name. It's got to it's got to fit the the field, right? Or it's like how come all serial killers have three names? Yeah, John Wayne Gacy. Anyway, uh, Bruckner can be really bombastic, but this was recorded September first, two thousand twelve. And uh, it's really quite nicely done. I'm not familiar with this uh, Franz Velser Most guy, but he does a he does a damn good job. Does a damn good job. And then also really impressive Blu-ray is the Royal Ballet's performance of Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet Ballet uh, at the Royal Opera House. And uh, this is great. Uh, it also features the orchestra of the Royal Opera House, conducted by Barry Wordsworth, and uh, it's very, very nice. Quite, quite, quite good. And this is a fairly recent uh, thing that was originally premiered in 1965 with Rudolf Nureyev, and uh, this is it's it's really good. And then uh, on the DVD front, we've got uh, Beethoven's Misa Solemnis, performed by the Royal Concertgebouw Orchestra of Amsterdam under the conduction of uh, Nicholas Har- Harnencourt. And the Misa Solemnis is wonderful if you've never heard it. I had to study it in school when I had my class on Beethoven that I barely passed. That was an excruciatingly difficult class, but I learned an enormous amount. Uh, and then three operas, Benjamin Britten's Peter Grimes, which is always great. And uh, there's actually another one that they're releasing, which I'm waiting for. I, I'm always intrigued by the, uh, by, the, by the way that they do certain operas. Peter, uh, Peter Grimes is one of them. It's, uh, you, know, you can do this so many different ways. And uh, this one is this is really very this is a really interesting take on it. So um, especially when you know English language operas always kind of it's a different vibe to them. And then we have a couple of Verdi's, which are part of the ongoing Verdi collection. Uh, these are volumes eighteen and twenty three. One is La Traviata, the other is Don Carlo, and uh, both very very nicely staged. They're all part of the two hundredth anniversary um, celebration, and you can eventually put together your com- your Verdi complete operas set. Once you collect them all, if you are so inclined, uh, they're all really, really good performances. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I come and go with opera. Sometimes I'm really into it, sometimes not so much. But i got to tell you, the six hours that I spent downtown at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion uh, watching Wagner's Tristan and Isolde some years ago when Christy took me there for my birthday, pretty awesome. You know what Larry Miller says about opera? The great comedian Larry Miller. Can't get sleep like that at home. That's right. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. So you've told me. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. You know what? Uh, few. You know what? Mark, talk about that. May I help you? Yeah. Talk about that because that's that. I mean, the the docs. That's the one that's really most important to talk about. And then I'll I'll drop into some TV. <laughs> when you say drop into some TV, drop into some TV. You you'll see. I'll drop into some TV. Exactly. Oh, Wade. Anyway, uh, Wild Bill is a documentary 
about uh, William A. Wellman, who was a uh, great the, director. Great director. Was a great director. His let's see, his films include Wings, which is which uh, was released a few months ago on a great, great Blu-ray set. Uh, what else? Oh my God, uh, so many great films. Uh, the Public Enemy. Right, the public enemy totally sho- shoving the grapefruit into uh, yep. the, the, the lady's face. Whatever. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. Uh, Wild Cag- boys the road. When Cagney does the whole Cagney grape- yeah. says the thing. It was yeah. a big deal at the time. Uh, a Star Is Born, Bojest, lots of great stuff. Oxbow Incident, lots of great stuff. I'm telling you, dude, this guy was great. William Wellman, and he's kind of one of those names that you only think of when you think of like classic Hollywood directors. You think of uh, you know other people, you know whatever. Uh, sure. Billy Wilder or oh, yeah, he's John Fred, Ford or yeah. whatever or, or uh, who's the other one uh, from John Zinneman, Ford's era. Fred Zinneman Fred Zinneman uh, you know uh, yeah. you don't really think of William Wellman but look at this guy's biography good stuff anyway um, and the great thing about him is that he was really cool and he, and he uh, served in World War I I know yeah. he was, he's, he's, he's the man the guys he made 76 films over 35 years and he was also a great fighter pilot in World War I which is one of the reasons why Wings was so great Yep, because he knew what that felt like and looked like and he was able to recreate that and uh, it's great. He's super cool. Uh, the High and the Mighty also. I forgot about that. Yep. The story of G.I. Joe. Uh, anyway, um, there's interviews with all sorts of really cool uh, actors who are a little bit older now, but they were influenced or possibly have even worked with and met William uh, Wellman. We're talking about Clint Eastwood, Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, Gregory Peck. So Wild Bill, Hollywood Maverick, The Life and Times of William A. Wellman is a must view if you love classic movies. Right on. Right on. Finally, we have two uh, from PBS. They're both about Australia. One's called Australia's First Four Billion Years. This is told in real time. So it's actually a 5,000 Blu-ray set. Australia's First Four Billion Years. I didn't expect you to say that. That was good. Thank you. By the way, speaking of of Australia's First Four Billion Years... (laughs) <laughs> that made me laugh. Uh, because because I suddenly had this image of you know people somebody throwing it in, being really interested. It starts and it's just it's, it's some primordial soup it's of like in the earth. Just, bubble, bubble, <laughs> bubble. And like three hours later, it's still bubbling. And you're going, damn man, come on. They uh, uh God, where was I? Re- oh, I was reading this in the LA Weekly. <laughs> You know, in 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 California, and I, it, this might be elsewhere in the, in the states. I don't even know. There's a restaurant chain called Out the Outback. Yes. And the Outback is a steakhouse that uh, supposedly specializes in Australian flavored food. Yeah. Right? Like they have uh, the Bloomin' Onion and they have like the Chamawanga pasta, whatever. Yeah. This woman who is from Australia and has lived in L.A. for many years has avoided Outback Steakhouse because she thought it was like an abortion to her homeland. She finally goes to an Outback Steakhouse, says it's really bad, and it turns out that Outback Steakhouse was started by two Americans who only called it Outback Steakhouse because they wanted to capitalize on Crocodile Dundee. Serious? That's the only reason. Wow. Anyway, Australia is 4 billion years, and then on DVD we have Australia animals down under. Now, when you think of Australia and you think of animals, what do you think of? Kangaroos and little koalas. Koala Stupid koalas. They're so dumb. God, I hate them. <laughs> These are two DVDs. All right, very good. All right. Uh, moving into some television. Mark, I got some of the best of the old and some of the best of the new right here. Uh, the best of the new I'm going to start with because uh, Kevin Spacey in House of Cards is freaking brilliant. And, the, you know, I watched the uh, the British House of Cards not long ago, the original British series that this is based on. 
was like from 10 years ago or whatever. And it's really good. It's really good. And you go, I, I don't see how you could really improve on this. But uh, son of a bitch, they did. This is really good. Did you just say something? I sure did, honestly. Uh, the House of Cards, this is on a fantastic Blu-ray. And it looks really, really, really good. And uh, this is from Sony. And this is, of course, a Netflix series. Which is totally upsetting the Emmys now because, I mean, Emmys are all about television, but, I mean, Netflix is, I mean, is Netflix streaming really television or is it, you know, I mean, do we now include direct? Well, it's, it's not movies. It's not movies, but it's, it's, it's not a network. Yeah, but you, you can only see it, well, they want to be a network. I know, but see, and that's you can only see it now. on a TV. Or, I, mean, I, know. I guess you can see it on an iPad, whatever, but yeah. you can only see it on TV. Now, what I wonder is how many people are going to buy that knowing that they can just go to Netflix right now and watch every episode right now. Because it looks better here. It's, it's uh, you know, you, you also get uh, ultraviolet on this. So you can, you know, you get the, you get the ultraviolet, uh, the addition of ultraviolet for being a, a watching. You know, I mean, ultraviolet can be more convenient than Netflix streaming. It can be. So, uh, and you don't have to subscribe to Netflix. You'll just get this permanently by 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 buying it, and you can you know pop it in anytime you want. But it really, it is a good looking Blu-ray. It's a good looking show, and it may be the best thing that Kevin Spacey's ever done. I got to tell you, really, it really even be, more than uh, yeah. Usual Suspects. Yeah, I do. I think so. Kevin For Spacey, along with Ro- Robin Wright, Kate Mara, and uh, Corey Stolen. I am not a fan of Kate Mara. I got to tell you, uh, you know, uh, Rooney Mara, her sister. Better actress, Kate Mara. I've always had a problem yeah. with. You know, she's always been like a little, uh, kind of an also ran, not uh, not not real presence. But she's good here. She's really good. She's well cast, and she's surrounded by good people. And uh, it's nice to see uh, Corey Stoll really, you know, get something meaty again as well. He's a, he's a guy that always kind of floats in the background, a character actor, and you know, he's got a good chiseled face. And uh, this is really good. This is really really good. Anyways, complete first season of volume one, chapters one through thirteen is how they tout it. But uh, that is just absolutely first rate. By the way, can I say something? Yeah. You know, there was a door-to-door manhunt on my block this week. Really? Yes, a door-to-door manhunt. In fact, I was driving home. I drive home. Uh, this is a total tangent. I drive home, um, and uh, my block, which is only about, you know, like 50 yards long, my block is cordoned off with yellow police tape on both ends, and there's cops on either end, and I hear a helicopter overhead, and I am... I say to the cop, um, I live right there, and I want to go home. And the cop says, well, there's a door-to-door manhunt for a uh, uh, burglary suspect. You can't drive your car onto this block. So I said, well, I live right there. I'd like to go home. And the guy says, park your car over there, and then come into your home. Mm -hmm. So I park my car across the street, and I go underneath the yellow tape to walk to my home. And the cop says, "Um, you'd better hurry. We're bringing out the dogs. Oh, geez. And so I go into my place, and I guess they were literally going door-to-door with guns drawn, door-to-door. No kidding. Yes, guns drawn, door-to-door. And uh, <sighs> it was cool. Always, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was. You know, I, I was – not to try to one-up that or anything, but it just reminded me. Uh, you, did you hear that story about the, uh, the woman who was killed crossing Pacific Coast Highway some weeks ago? You didn't hear no. that? It's the saddest thing in the world. This, is a, this girl was like a student from, uh, from Germany or, and the UK, and uh, she was here just for a weekend. If you went to like, her blog and her Facebook page, she's like, oh, I'm off to L.A. And she goes there, and she goes to a restaurant, and then she's crossing the highway, and uh, she's not looking where, where she's necessarily going. Her boyfriend made it across. Limo came by, plowed into her, killed her instantly. Really? And I had been at a birthday party uh just that evening and i was on a dr- i wasn't even there long i was there just dropping off a gift and then i was going to come straight home because of the baby right and i suddenly i wind up in this horrible horrible traffic 
get uh, everyone's turning around, get right up to the spot, and the guy's like, yeah, you know, you, uh, uh, we're, we're turning people around. We got an accident. I had no idea what had just happened, so I'm like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm literally a mile from home, so. I park on the side of the road, and I decide I'm going to walk. And as I'm walking, I literally walked past the body covered by a sheet. Ooh. And it's really creepy. And you just it's, – it's those moments when, you know, you, you – when suddenly there's disruptive police and paramedic and fire activity that it just reminds you that life is fragile. Yes, it is. Away. So on, yes. I was going to say on that note, uh, to continue my bit about the best of the old – we have something that people have been waiting for forever here. And it is finally here. Five discs. The complete, every single episode of Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Uh, you know what? That's pretty cool. <laughs> it really is. Now, it's, it's, it's actually 15 discs, and it's, it's you know, five, uh, five volumes. But it's, it's uh, it, you know, the 15 discs are crammed into these little five volumes. It's cool. And the, and the interesting thing here is that I didn't realize how many different names this show went by. Did you know that? They kept changing the name of the show. Uh, wait, Rotund Albert? No. Zoptic it started Albert. for four years. It was Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. And then for uh, about a year, year and a half, it became the new Fat Albert show. And then um, it went off the air for a while and came back in the mid-80s for a season as The Adventures of Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. But the reruns uh, were always kind of they, – they all squashed it together. It's like it's, it's one show. But anyway, this is, this is everything, 110 episodes and 15 DVDs and five volumes. And uh, it's great. It's a lot of fun. I forgot how great this show is. I forgot how many of these characters I used to do impressions of, uh, you know, Mushmouth and Rudy and, and Albert. Do it, Wade. Do it. Do it. Mushmouth. Mushmouth. Oh, you, you never did a, a Fat Albert impersonation? We hey, all did. Hey, you be fat by Albert. But no, he would go. That's, uh, the, that's the guy I like the best. Why be, be fat Albert is so be fat, but. <laughs> There we go. That's what you say. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe you, you, you didn't go, hey, hey, hey. No, see, but I, 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 others do that. That's not, that's not what I do. That's not what I do. Anyway, great characters. Just one of the legendary shows guy? of all time. He, this is, and this, 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 it was this guy with the weird yeah. pink shell on his head. Exactly. Why Fab Albert is so fabulous. Bill Cosby created something truly legendary here. And let's not understate what this did. This was an animated show that every kid in America watched that was about black kids. I mean, this show did more to break down racial barriers then inner it, city black kids too. inner city black kids i mean this show tore down racial barriers it 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 did wonders you know and you cannot you cannot sell that short so i mean this is not only a really good show it's a show that did a lot of good and it didn't try to it wasn't preachy even though every episode had a message and a moral and bill cosby shows up to tell you exactly what it was you know it's just this is legendary television you cannot undersell it it is amazing so thank goodness finally the complete box set fat albert and the cosby kids every episode of all the incarnations 15 discs put it on blu-ray come on it's 2013 i know but it's for the kids all right let's do some tv and then we'll wrap it up right wade yes thank you uh lisa kudrow web therapy this started as an online show kudrow's done some interesting uh, post friends uh, stuff i have to say she's kind of trying to keep it fresh and interesting for herself she has all the money in the world so if something floats her boat go ahead and do it i think that's great i respect that uh, web Therapy was a web show, and then um, it wound up going to Showtime. Uh, she plays Fiona Wallace, a therapist who has like this new idea on how to be a better therapist. Um, and you know what? A lot of great uh, guest stars. Uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus Julie Louis 
uh, Meryl Streep, Rosie O'Donnell, David Schwimmer, Conan O'Brien, Selma Blair, Lily, uh, Lily Tomlin, uh, for your parents. And, uh, you know, it's not a bad show. The thing with the web shows is that, you know, it's kind of like uh, it had that, like, you know, anything goes, you know, new frontier, inmates run the asylum kind of feel to it. So there's a lot of good stuff in it. There's also a behind-the-scenes featurette on the DVD, uh, director's cut of the Meryl Streep episode, and uh, some deleted scenes. So web therapy, uh, you know, it's it's coming back in July on Showtime. It's not that bad. This is the complete second season of web therapy. Then we have a Drop Dead Diva. This is a lifetime show about a fat lawyer. Sweet. And that's the one with, with the with the uh, where she comes back from the dead and the whole yeah, the whole schmear, right? This is terrible. Yeah, she comes. She's like she was fat and she comes back as something. She comes back as thin. What's the deal? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, come on. How many women listen to this podcast? You know what? If you're a woman who listens to this podcast, will you please either email us at gods at digigods.com or hit up us hit us up on the Facebook page. I want to know if there are any women who a listen to this there podcast. There are, there are, there are a few. There are several on the uh, on the Facebook page. That, I love it, of course, I love it. But also uh, whether you would give two craps about Drop Dead Diva, the, the complete fourth season on DVD. Okay, terrible. fine. Anyway, Mad, uh, Mad TV is finally coming out uh, on uh, uh, DVD, trickling out. This is the third season, 25 episodes. Mad TV was uh, always kind of the retarded brother of SNL. You know, there was some decent stuff there, I yeah. guess, but it just never really super took off. I'm sorry. Although uh, Frank Caliendo is a really funny stand-up. There's oh, a lot gosh, of really funny, funny voices. And the thing is that even though you know it's coming, mm-hmm. and even though he completely, without any shame, just turns any conversation at all into an excuse to do John Madden and Al Pacino, <laughs> it's just it's like, just, just just do it. Don't even try to come up with a conceit. Just just do the damn thing already. Uh, it's still really funny. It is. Um, anyway, so Mad TV, very hit and miss. It never really took off for me, but uh, the third season finally coming out. Also, we have a CSI in New York. This is the final season. Uh, I don't know how many CSI shows there are on like anymore. The seven, There's like another eight, 17 12. of them, I guess. I know, it's just terrible. But um, this is the one with um, Gary Sinise. Who, of course, is uh, from Forrest Gump, who was, what's his name? Officer Bob, Captain Joe. <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> Officer Bob, Captain Joe. <laughs> what's oh, his name? my gosh. Officer Bob? It, it, it Captain was, Joe? What was that? Captain, it, hey, Captain now, Jenks. Now you've, now Captain you've totally Jenks? thrown Now you've thrown me. It was, it was. Uh, wait, the, wait. No, oh, jeez. Don't stop the recording. I'm going to find out what his name is. <laughs> Captain Jenks? Yeah. Officer, Officer Joe? Jenks. <laughs> Officer Bob? See, so you threw so many at me now, now I'm just drawing a blank. It's not fair. Wait. I'm going to find. Don't you stop do that. recording. You do that. CSI uh, New York. Oh, Lieutenant CSI. Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. It's awesome. Anyway, the only thing I liked about the show is the you fact should, that they I'd love to send you to, a, to an auction where, the guy, where they're, they're bidding and you just, you just go, I don't know, 18 cents, $32. You'll throw the guy off completely. <laughs> I think I would Tourette's at the yeah. auction house. <laughs> um, the only thing I liked about the show is that they shot, uh, they shot a lot of it in New York, and I just think it was cool looking at the locations. Otherwise, it's just another show where they close-ups of molecules and stuff. I really don't care. <laughs> All right, I got a bunch of classic television. I'm going to blow through real quickly, and then uh, Mark and I will wrap uh, it up with just a are couple. We done? Almost, almost, uh, almost. Um, you know, classic TV fans, you're going to love it. Combat, the third season is finally out. Uh, Combat keeps trickling out, and uh, it's a good show. You know, a lot of great guest stars, Robert Duvall and uh, Mickey Rooney, most significantly here. Anytime Mickey Rooney shows up, I just love it because he's just he's he's, he's just such a joke. 
It's, it, no one understands why Mickey Rooney ever shows up in anything that he does. But anyway, uh, Vic Morrow and Rick Jason, really good on the show. Talked about that before. Rick Jason uh, another, was in Day of the Wolves, another great uh, heist movie. Twilight Zone, the complete second season, five DVDs. This is out uh, courtesy once again of uh, CBS DVD. Lame. It, it's, it is, now, this has been out before, obviously, on Blu-ray, but they're putting it out again on DVD because oh, you can't just... ever get enough Twilight Zone. A lot but, of great episodes here. Just, yeah, but just get the Blu-ray and leave it alone. Oh, it's I over. Know. I know. You know, Mr. Dingle the Strong is really good. Uh, will the Real Martian please stand up? I love that. They're one. all great episodes. Love that about that. But just get yeah. the Blu-ray. Get it. Call it a day. Yeah. Uh, Growing Pains complete third season. Growing yeah. Pains, yeah. Growing Pains has been released uh, steadily through Warner Archive. Uh, so you may have kind of missed that it's been out there. Growing Pains was one of the family series at the time. Remember, there was like the Cosby show kind of started it, and then there was like uh, Who's the Boss? And there were a million of these shows that were all sort of domestic family shows with you know kids learning lessons, and freaking Alan Thicke just was everywhere on television and became unbelievably annoying. And then we also have the Dick Van Dyke show on Blu-ray. Now, the first two seasons had been released on Blu-ray, and for some reason, uh, we were not alerted to them. So I went and contacted the previous publicist that handled them for the first two seasons and said, you got to send them to me because i got a new publicist handling the third season, and i got to catch up on this on Blu-ray. And so now I've got three seasons of Dick Van Dyke on Blu-ray, and watching it again, what a brilliant show. I mean, truly. Like, this is the show that, that stitches us from I Love Lucy to the Mary Tyler Moore show. You realize that. That's, that's what sort of carries us over that era of sitcoms. And this, I just forgot what a great show this was. Unbelievably great show. Um, and it's so good on Blu-ray. So much fun to watch. Uh, a lot of fun things here, especially on season three, which is the new one, which includes the uh, TV Academy tribute to Carl Reiner featuring George Clooney and then also a Mary Tyler Moore appearance on the Danny Kaye show. But the, uh, the, the TV Academy tribute to Carl Reiner is just wonderful. Anything with Carl Reiner is great. Get audio commentaries with Carl Reiner and Dick Van Dyke. A, uh, a full-length Danny Thomas show episode with Maury Amsterdam. Gosh, Maury Amsterdam was funny. Dude. You're showing your age. Ah, oh, so funny. Uh, lots of other interviews and clips and special things, rehearsal footage, uh, promo spots. I mean, this is, this is the golden age of television. And yes, you should get it on Blu-ray. It does make a difference because these elements have never been this good. They've never transferred these elements in the resolution that they should have been transferred. Everything else has always been substandard, so it does benefit. Uh, the complete first season of Highway to Heaven, completely uncut, is, uh, is out uh, once again from Mill Creek in a budget version. Uh, the show kind of holds up. Michael Landon, uh, certainly a great presence. And then lastly, Mark, you can have this. I can have it. You can have it to put on your mantle. And burn. The, the, finally, they've released every episode of Roseanne, Mark's best friend ever. The best boss he ever had in a complete series. All nine seasons. 222 episodes on 27 DVDs. Here you go, Mark. Really? Love 27 her. DVDs? Love her. Oh, my God. Love her. You love her. Love you, still you, have gifts. you still have gifts that she gave you. You do. do? Yes, you do. What do I have? That book. She gave you a book on Kabbalah, didn't she? <laughs> she gave everybody a book on Kabbalah. Yeah. She's out of her mind. Um, yes, Roseanne. You know what? Uh, we thought that the Roseanne talk show would be like the talk show version of like the sitcom where we were breaking stereotypes and talking about tough issues. Didn't happen. All right. We've got time for one more show, Mark. Oh, Wilfred. Wilfred is a, uh, based on an Australia show. Australia show. is based on an Australian show. Uh, it was uh, developed by the guy who also stars in it, Jason Gann. He plays the dog who is owned by the neighbor of Elijah Wood uh-huh. in the American version. Uh, this is one of those funky, cool Medina? shows. That, 
uh, or as I used to call it, Lumpy Cold Weetina. Uh-huh. I thought that was so funny at the time. Anyway, this is one of those shows like it, it, it doesn't like aspire to be a cult show. It's like we are a cult show. Nice. Out of the gate, we're just a cult show. We're just going to be interesting and cool and funky and weird and hip and ironic and sarcastic and blah, blah. Definitely has a lot of funny stuff in it. Um, it sometimes it's too out there for my taste, although it is EP'd by um, the, one of the guys from um, Family Guy, ah. which is cool. It's uh, uh, David Zuckerman. So you know how much I love Family Guy, so I am willing to give Wilfred a little bit more leeway because uh, I love Family Guy and Zuckerman. So Wilfred, interesting, funky, cool, culty stuff. There's a, a new season that premieres, uh, actually uh, premieres kind of right now. So uh, check it out. But in the meantime, the Blu-ray Wilfred is available. Nice. And you know what? As long as we've got just a few seconds left, uh, let me throw a bone out there for Falling Skies, the complete second season on Blu-ray. Uh you know what this this thing is is sort of trying to be like the uh, what's the zombie? V. It's it's like trying to be a cross between V and what's the what's the zombie show that everybody loves the the, oh, the Living Dead? the Walking Dead. Uh, I don't get that either. Corey loves that. Corey's one of those Walking Dead people. Anyway, um, not literally, but you know he likes the show. Anyway, but this you know it's all, it's been, it's just an endless alien invasion uh, onslaught with CGI aliens every week and uh, Noah Wiley trying to sort of uh, reinvent himself after ER as a as a tough guy with a beard. I guess it kind of works. Um, it, it's, you know, sort of improving, I, I guess. The second season is a lot better than the first season, which I, I didn't quite get. But, you know, uh, I'll, I'll hang with it if it continues to improve and actually goes somewhere and isn't just, you know, sort of endlessly open-ended like Lost. Maybe it'll do something. So there you go. That's out there on, uh, on Blu-ray as well. Looking really good. Good high production value. All right. With that, Mark, what's our, what's our new uh, out? Do we have an out? You know what? Why do we throw it up to the uh, to the Oh, come uh, listeners. on. Listeners. Gods at com. Give us an out. Recommend some way that we can just sign off. Give us a sign off. Uh, uh, and, and the balcony is closed. Yeah. Or, that, or that, what, that's what, the way it is. That's the way it is, the Walter Cronkite thing. All right. Once so again. Wait a second. That, we, we, we threw the gauntlet down. Don't throw that away. Okay. Go on the Facebook page or email us at gods at com and let us know what we should say at the end of every episode. Not like go to hell jerks. But, you know, something that is uh, DVD, clever, movie, TV-ish. Maybe it's like a line from a TV show, a line from a movie. Something that says, we're leaving now. Thanks for joining us. We love you. We'll see you next time. And it's super cool. And it's totally us. And it'll be you guys who think of it. So send us some ideas. Please go. 